Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Guess what? Father's Day, rolling up soon, right around the corner. Mother's Day as well. Hey, the mother's on your list. I mean, my wife, she loves to hunt and fish. She loves the outdoors just practically as much as I do. So, if you're looking for a Mother's Day or a Father's Day gift, hey, we've got it at GreatDaysOutdoors.com. All you have to do is head on over to GreatDaysOutdoor.com and check out the best gifts for the outdoorsman in 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift for the outdoorsman on your list. Just head on over to GreatDaysOutdoors.com slash best gifts for outdoorsmen to check it out. I'm your host, Brian Sand. Glad you guys are joining us today. Got an exciting show for you lined up as always. And, uh, man, I don't know about you guys, but this weather just can't make his mind up. I mean, it's warm. We in shorts one day, we in a jacket the next. I'm freezing to death at my son's baseball games at night. I mean, it's just, it, it can't get right. Of course, you know, that's how this is. We're used to it. This is Alabama in the spring and, uh, we'll get the storms rolling through, got more of them coming this weekend. So we'll see how that affects the fishing, but let's get right to it. And, um, let's go to segment one. Let's go to, let's go up to Gunnersville with Chris Jackson. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I know we're talking a little bit before we got on air here. You got some tournaments coming up this weekend and. Sounds like you guys going to be fighting that weather, too. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep us on for Saturday and see how the, the weather holds. I, I'm, I'm figuring that I need to carry a helmet in case I have to fish in a hailstorm, but but who knows? <laughs> the winds are what's bothering most of what kind of bothers me more than anything. Right. And where, where's the tournament at this weekend? Um, this weekend, we got one at Lay Lake, um, and the, they're predicting, you know, 20 to 30-plus winds. Which, you know, I'm used to fishing in the winds, especially, you know, I gained a lot of experience doing that when I went up and fished the Northern Opens because they, they have to fish in, you know, three and four footers all the time. That's actually a regular thing for them. So I, I learned a lot of his stuff from being able to learn to do that. But then they, uh, the the bad thing was south, the southern states, you know, when they, they call for 20 and 30 winds, they usually have a lake wind advisory. And a lot of people don't realize when they have a lake wind advisory that generally it's the same thing as driving your car on a on a closed road so your insurance doesn't cover you oh wow. so that's an issue you know you take a if you take your boat out when it's you know a, a lake wind advisory or when there's a you know some potentially really bad waves and something happens to your boat sometimes your insurance company might not cover it so, so that's kind of one of those you have to i'm gonna have to probably fish really close to the boat ramp <laughs> Oh, Man, no it. kidding. Well, I wish, and you, you, you were telling me that if they didn't have it Saturday, that they were going to postpone it till Sunday, it, you would think it would make sense for them to go ahead and do that. Cause it's supposed to be beautiful Sunday. Um, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I had to respect what they say and, and stuff and, you know, and they, they had to make that decision. So we just have to kind of roll with it and see what happens. You know, the BASS does that would, they've called, they've called tournaments off. They've called opens off, you know, for a day or two. And I think we've had that happen a couple of times. In fact, the ABT's done that as well. Uh, I guess last week or week before last at another lake, uh, they they postponed it for a day because the uh, the winds were going to be really bad and the and there was a high water problem. You know, we had a lot of flooding here, so it made it pretty tough. It made it well, dangerous to get out. 
you know, and they, they have the, the best interest in mind. So that's right. They, they, they do. Well, you know, we'll talk about that just for a second. Cause this is a stormy time of the year. There is, I mean, March, April, May, we got higher winds than we do the other times of the year. And I, and I want to get to our segment today about what you're doing to catch fish right now and how the fish are biting and all that stuff. But just briefly, you know, you've got some experience fishing the northern tournaments where the, they're used to the wind and you have to get used to it to be competitive. How does your approach a change on windy conditions? Windy conditions make it make it tough, mainly, um, and I try to explain this to my clients a lot. Usually when you have, say, a post-front day, you know, a cold front blows in or a post-front, you know, after a bad rain or something like that, you have to slow your baits down. And you pretty much finesse fish. Well, when the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, it makes it really hard to finesse fish. So you still need to downsize, but just upsize your weight, which, you know, if, if you're slowing stuff down, it, the best thing to do is just add more weight to it where you still have some feel. Because, you know, if the wind's blowing, you know, that far, then it's really hard to keep your line straight and stay in contact with your bait. A lot of times you'll get a bite and not even realize it. Right. Um, it, it makes it really difficult. And, and certain lakes, you know, Gunnersville's not not as bad as as some lakes the way it lays. Um, but some lakes that lay true north south, um, especially if they have mountainous areas around them, it doesn't matter what pockets you go into, the wind's going to be blasting up each creek. So there's really not any protected areas to get into. So you you know you just have to learn to fish it. Um, the the other thing you know one thing I learned up north, and they do not do it here very often at all. Um, in fact, I've probably only seen two or three people ever do it. And those guys work from up north is drifting, you know, and I have a drift sock. So if it gets really nasty, I throw a drift sock out and slow the boat down uh, without having to stay on the trolling motor constantly. And that, that drift sock makes a big difference. And you actually let the boat fish the bait for you and let the, let the wind push you past your area you want to fish. Then you can reel up, crank the motor up, drive back up above it, throw the drift sock back out and drift past it again. And do it again. Yep, and it, it's fun, and it, it makes it a lot better, a lot easier to fish. When I when I learned how to do it, it made it a lot better. But it did take a lot of practice to, to get right. And I had a I had a guy that fishes up there all the time, show me how to do it, and and taught me you know where I was messing up, making mistakes, and that helped a lot. So I've tried to give some of my clients that same information when they they take trips with me and the wind's blowing. And like you said, March and April, you know, if you don't like the weather in Alabama. If you wait about 10 minutes, it'll be different, and that's about the way it is now. I mean, it's 68. It was 58 yesterday, 68 today for the high, and tomorrow is like 74, I think, 70. Yeah. And Saturday is going to be 74 with, you know, potential tornadoes and 30 to 50 winds, you know, nasty. And then Sunday is supposed to be 77 and clear. Clear. <laughs> so, I know. It's just yeah. one day. Every Everything's different. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's I think I think uh, Mother Nature's just off her meds is what it is. Yeah, that's what it is, man. Just just off that Xanax right now or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about about what the fish are doing right now. Uh, where where have you been spending? What lake you've been spending most of your time on? Mostly on Gunnersville, and uh, and I have been on Smith a little bit. The, the Smith Lake fish are doing what they normally do. They're staying close to to steep drops. Um, and, and the spots are suspended the large mouth are staying in that dirtier water and gunners will, the fish are in the grass and they're in the dirt. I mean, they're super, super shallow and 
the numbers have really gotten up at Gunnersville. The size hasn't really increased a whole lot, but the numbers has gotten better. You know, the fish are pushed up on beds and, and you can catch tons of buck bass, you know, throw in green pumpkin lizards and sinkos and small baits in the, in the shallower flats. And then the bigger fish generally are right there on that first drop. So you just position just a little bit off of that first drop and, you know, you can catch your three and four and five pounders and your pound and a half, two, two and a half pound fish. They're all sitting, you know, up there on the beds, either garden fried that have already been laid or they're preparing beds for the females to move up. So are, uh, now are you actually, you know, you're fishing these, these bedding, bedding fish right now and throwing the lizard. Are you fishing an area and, and just going down a certain bank, like you said, that, that first ledge and hitting that? Or are you sight fishing or are you kind of doing both at the same time? I, I'm kind of doing both at the same time, especially on guide trips. You know, I have, I have some anglers that, that love to sight fish and want to learn more about it. And I have some that really could care less one way or the other as long as they're catching fish and, and some of them that just can't see the fish. So what I'll do generally is I'll start on that outside edge and and see where those fish are positioned. And then once I figure out where they're positioned, you know, for the day, then they, they stay there pretty much every day, day in, day out. Uh, the sun dictates a little bit, but not much. The, uh, the females usually are cruising, so they're a little harder to catch. But the uh, the buck bass, you know, like I said, they're in, they're in the dirt and they're pretty easy to see. And you know, pretty much if you're on a grass flat, just look for a spot that's open inside that grass, and you throw in in that open spot, and you're probably gonna get bit nine times out of ten. And you can actually throw those fish back and watch them swim right back to that bed. Really? You know, as long as you don't have a lot of trauma. I, I actually day before yesterday, we caught the same fish three times. What? Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was kind of kind of comical. Uh, the third time they didn't mean to catch it. They the guy it, the guy on the front of the boat caught it first, and when I you know took her picture and I, I turned her loose and watched her I watched her swim right back over to the bed. You know we we had her out of the water for you know no time at all, and I'd say less than ten seconds, and uh and we were sitting within ten yards of it, so it wasn't real hard to it wasn't like we fought it a long time. Um, and the guy in the back of the boat said, man, I, I'd love to catch a fish like that. And I said, well, come up here. And he walked up here and I said, throw your bait right there. And he threw it and he hooked her again. I said, set the hook. I watched her eat it. And he set the hook and I said, see, you just caught it. And so he ended up and he accidentally threw back over there the three times, the third time. I didn't realize it was the same fish until we got it to the boat. We were further away from it then. But, uh, but yeah, he caught her three, three times in three casts. It's kind of comical. You know what? That answers that that kind of answers a lot of a, a, a question that people have a lot and that that I've had too uh, is you know when you catch a fish how long is it through just the trauma of being caught or the shock of being caught or whatever you want to call it you know how long is it going to take before that fish is catchable again so it's that's amazing that's that's some good that's crazy information right there you can speak I'll tell you I've, uh, you can spook fish all, you know, if you sit on a spot and just beat it all day long, sometimes you'll, you'll spook the fish away from it for a day or so. But I, I'll tell you, I learned in a tournament, I lost a fish in a brush pile at Lake Martin. And five minutes later, my co-boater caught a fish off the same dock, didn't realize it was the same fish, 
caught the fish and he looked at me and said, Hey, you want your jig back? And no I said, what way. are you talking about? And the jig was still in the fish's mouth with about three and a half feet of line tied to it. And, and he gave me my jig back. <laughs> that was a little bit of insult to injury, but cause it was like about a four and a half pound fish, uh. but, but it come out of that same brush pile and it, that it had broke me off in. You know, I was fishing really, really light line, which, you know, was dangerous, but I was having to do that to get the bites. And he ended up boating the same fish. And I wouldn't have believed it, but when he handed me my jig back, you know, it's kind of, you really have to believe yeah, it then. Yeah, you, you had no choice but to leave it then. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And I was like, well, I'll be dang. And I said, well, maybe maybe I wouldn't have called that one anyway, so we've been all right. <laughs> you know, in a high-pressure lake like Gunnersville, you know, that's encouraging because, you know, a lot of times – there's a lot of anglers out there on the weekends and oh, you know yeah. you may be following the bank you may be going down somebody may have been down it an hour before you were or two hours before you were or not even that long and so i've always been <laughs> in my mind i've always kind of thought man i don't want to go but down a bank that somebody just went down i mean that you know they just caught fish on it but they're turning them back loose i mean more you know most nine times out of ten they probably catching them and releasing them but right. the, you know, if, if what you say is kind of holds true, I mean, it stands to reason that you can come down the bank behind another boat after they've been gone 30 minutes an hour and catch, catch fish. Oh, they got to be gone 30 minutes or an hour. I, and I've explained this to clients at Gunnersville, especially, you know, I, I was fishing a stretch on a flat and a boat just flat cut me off after we caught two fish came around me and cut me off and started fishing in front of me and my coat you know my client was like you know man that that just gripes me and i said well it does me too but in the same sense i like you know to get them back and he said what are you talking about and i said catch fish right behind them yeah and he just kind of looked at me and said what and i said one of the keys at fishing at gunnersville is learning how to catch fish behind people because you're always going to be behind somebody unless you're fishing you know in like december you know where it's not as packed but if you're anytime from february to november you're pretty much fishing behind somebody all day and i said you learn to catch fish behind people you can catch fish anywhere and we started you know i started showing him said see that guy how fast he's fishing he said yeah and i said you see how slow we are and he said yeah and i said i promise you we're going to go behind him and we're going to catch fish he left and we and we did we you know we went down the same bank that that guy was down less than 100 yards from us because i backed up he actually was about 25 yards in front of us when he started and i actually backed up because I just can't stand to fish close to somebody. It's just not, I just can't do it in my mind. I believe my I hear, first cast would have been in the back of his boat. Uh, well, I had, if you were to do that, you would be pretty much, you just need to keep a rod rigged up to hit somebody's <laughs> boat every, all day long. Um, especially if you set the hook, because I've had guys come off the pad at 70 miles an hour and land right beside my boat, you know, with a client that's hung up on a stump, you know, thinking he's fighting a fish. You know, in Kentucky Lake, is is that bad pickwick's getting that bad now from my understanding chickamauga's getting that bad you know it's just the amount of anglers we have now on the waters it's incredible from what it was 10 years ago and i don't know somewhere ethics got lost along the way but you know so i just i just backed the boat up and let the guy keep fishing and we went right behind him and we probably caught 15 fish right behind him and he didn't catch a single thing and my buddy was like, I guess he's using the wrong bait. I said, watch him cast. He's using the exact same bait we are. He's just going too fast. He's just fishing it wrong. 
right. He's just fishing it wrong. And I said, you let your bait soak and he'd let his bait hit the bottom and he's picking it right back up. Fish don't have time to come to react to it. And he's like, you know, I never thought about that. And I said, yeah. I said, he's used to watching guys on ESPN, you know, that, that are fishing with their boat trolling motor on high and they're burning the bank. What he, they don't show is they don't show they're fishing like six or eight feet of that strike zone and then they're burning their bait back. So they just start burning their bait at the beginning so they can fish that fast. Right. You know, where they're presenting their bait the right speed at the right spot. That's that's the difference. That's good stuff. I love that. Uh, that's, that's, that's educational for sure. What about the shad spawn? You seeing that yet at Gunnersville, or are we still a couple of weeks away? I think we're just a touch away, but it's starting to kind of to creep up. Um, I'm getting some early in the mornings, you know, following spinnerbaits back. Uh, but most of the fish are still kind of in those pockets. They're not right up on the ledges yet, but it's it's coming. It's probably within a couple of weeks, and it'll be wide open. I'd say two more weeks of warm weather, and we'll be good to go. It'll be wide open on that. Well, what are, you said Smith Lake is uh, – Smith Lake is – I know you've been fishing there some too. You know, when you were saying that uh, when we first started the podcast, you were um, saying that Smith Lake, they're on the – like the, the drop-offs, the, the first main drop-off. Yeah, the- yeah, the main drop-offs right off of the main points are, you know, Smith Lake's funny because you have to fish Smith Lake like each arm is an individual lake. The reason being, you know, a normal shallow water lake like Gunnersville, you know, the fish are on the ledge, then they take a creek channel into a pocket, they go to the back, they spawn, they, they post up, and then they spawn, and then they swim that same creek channel out they post up on the secondary points and then they they're back out by the summer they're back out on the ledge where you know and those fish are traveling constantly where the fish at smith they don't have to travel from one point to another because you can have eight feet of water and literally a boat length away it could be 65 feet so those fish just move up and down as opposed to out so when i fish say smith i go to an arm and i fish that arm just like it's a whole individual lake you still fish the same patterns but they don't have to move near as far to do it yeah and spotted bass are notorious for spawning especially in clear water they'll spawn in in super deep water so you know we caught spawning fish yesterday actually on our day before yesterday on smith that were in 30 feet of water and they were still spawning. I mean, we caught three females that were slapped full of eggs in 30 feet of water right off the top of a, after catching a buck bass that was, you know, 14, 15 inches long that you could tell was all red and, and stuff on his belly where he'd been, you know, rubbing against rocks. And then you catch him, and then two, three casts later, you catch the female right off the same spot. So she just moved on the bed because he moved off. You know, and, and Smith Lake's different than a lot of lakes because it's so deep and it's so clear. And, and when you're looking for that main drop-off, I mean, what are we talking about? Are we talking about going from 10-foot to 40-foot type drop-off? At points, there are. Uh, I look for, especially this time of year, anything that's protected from a northern wind um, generally and that has some, some rock on it, not big rock, you know, necessarily – and if you could find wood on it, that's even a, a bonus, um, you know, suspended timber or something like that, you know, standing timber that's on it or, or even stumps, you know, stump rows. Uh, I look for stumps because usually fish will spawn on a stump 
or or a big laydown. And those long points that come out, it'll 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 come gradual out a long way, but then you know up to fifty yards and then drop. And when it drops, it drops from you know say six feet, eight feet deep, and it drops into that you know, 25, 30, 35 feet. And there's two or three places that it'll drop to 60 or 70. If you, if you really look at it. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, so when you're fishing those spawning fish, you know, that are in 20 to 30 foot of water, there, are 15, 20, 30, whatever they're at. I know in Gunnersville, you're using, you know, the, the lizard, are you using the same baits in Smith or do you, are you using some different approach? Usually the same baits. I'll walk through one area first with a swim bait generally and keep it close to the bottom because I, I know those fish are, are going to be kind of nailed to the bottom, you know, even if, if they're getting ready to spawn. And and I'll, I'll almost bump the bottom with a swim bait, maybe keep it a foot, foot and a half off and try to get a reaction bite. Then I'll turn around and I'll refish that exact same area with, say, like a drop shot and take like a V-tail shad or something like that, put it on a foot and a half or so liter throw it out let it sink and i drag it and what i generally do when i'm dragging it is i'm feeling for a contour change in the bottom and you can feel it'll go from say a red clay you know it's kind of semi-hard but doesn't feel real the i guess the best way to put it is the bait the weight really doesn't feel like it's bouncing a lot or getting hung up and then all of a sudden it feels like it's kind of like bouncing against gravel and when you start feeling that gravel feeling, you know, that the different change from, say, chunker rock to, to pea gravel, when you feel that, you stop the bait and just let it sit there a second and just kind of let it soak in, you know, 30, 45 seconds. And if you don't get bit, move it a couple of inches and stop it again. And then move it a couple of inches and stop it again. When you feel that change go back to the way it was with your weight, then you know that you're out of the bed and you can just keep pulling it. That's good stuff, You're looking man. for that little tiny composition change on the bottom. Because, I, I mean, if you go and look at how a fish, you know, is, is spawning, you know, and go look at a bed, you'll find like a silty area. And then that one little spot in the middle of that silty area will be cleaned out and you'll see shells or small rocks. And, that, you know, which hold heat from the sun to incubate the eggs. So the fish will actually swim on and they'll fan that bed out. That's what they're doing. Is they're removing all that silt. So when the the female lays the eggs she's laying the eggs on a harder surface dang that's cool stuff man that's cool stuff yeah, it's, that's it's, great information when you, get, when you get into the science of it it's actually kind of cool to watch and and when you sit and watch fish you know there's been several times that i've actually sat on a, a flat at guttersville and just sat my power poles down and just sat and watched the fish and watch how they reacted to stuff and and watch how they react to other fish that swim by and a lot of times you can look at fish and tell if they're going to be catchable or not. And if you've got one that'll, that'll swim off the bed and then come back, you know, five minutes later, that's a long time for them to be gone. But if you've got yeah. one that say you off the bed and she just makes a big circle and comes right back, then nine times out of 10, she's catchable. The ones that are, that get irritated real easy are the, are the easier, easiest fish to catch off a of bed. The ones, you know, that, that seem like they're cruising constantly. And you'll see that a lot right now as you'll see buck bass or females both and they're just cruising you can hit them in the face with a bait and they won't touch it but that it's just they're not paying any attention they're one they're not wanting to eat and two they're they're in that that protection mode of looking for something you know to an area to bed or an area you know to start a spawn on and 
and they're they're very difficult to catch but once you get them nailed down to a bed and if you throw a bait in and that fish just circles around and comes right back then and usually if you look at the way the fish is facing that's generally where the eggs are at they're usually right up under their head if you throw the bait make sure you throw it you know if, if they circle around and they and they stop in the exact same position that'll tell you where the eggs are and if you put your bait right in front of those eggs it won't take long that that fish will will smash your bait he won't necessarily eat it i've seen them pick up i've seen them push it with their nose before i've seen them actually blow their gills out and blow water on it and try to flip it you know flip the bait away from it and you know with a water current i call it spitting a lot of times they'll just pick up just the edge of the bait and they'll just move it over because they don't want to eat it because they can care less about the yeah, food part not, of it. Yeah, just, they're just trying to get it out of there. Right. They're just trying to be protective. And especially stuff. once they've caught two or three times, if they've learned that and, and they're still being smart, then, you know, they go, well, you know, they'll, they'll push it with their nose. They won't even open their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit it with I've their actually, mouth shut. Yeah, I've had a uh, I had a biologist on my boat one day, and and we watched a fish, and and he was actually explaining a lot of that stuff to me, and we had one female on a bed, and I threw a bait in, and when I threw the bait in the in the bed, I watched her. She she like moved, and then her gills blew up, and I said, "Man, did you see that?" She was like trying to scare my bait, and he said, "That wasn't what she's doing." And what she had done is she moved up and her gills flared up. She actually sucked the row or the eggs off the bottom, moved over to the grass and pushed them into the grass. Wow. And then came and then came back to the bed. And he said, you watch, she's going to go to that same spot in that grass. And, it's, and you'll watch, she'll, she'll blow up again and she'll come back to the bed. And when I moved my bait, she went back, not, you know, 30, 45 seconds later and sucked those eggs back up and moved them back to where they were and blew them back out. I and blew like, the I eggs had... back out. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's really cool. I had no idea that's what they were doing when they did that. And he's like, yeah, a lot of times, and he said, they'll do that when they're fry, when they're brand new, when they first hatch. Yeah. They'll, they'll, actually, they'll actually suck the fry up into their mouth and move the fry to a safer spot, you know, in the grass or in a brush pile and spit them back out. That's interesting. And, and you know, I knew that um... – the fish would hit with her, with her mouth shut sometimes. I grew up over in Demopolis, Alabama, and there was a guy over there named Randy Howell. Randy got, and it's not, it's a different Randy than's on the tour, but Randy kind of got famous in that area and, and, and a, a lot of areas for, for jigger pole fishing. And he'd take uh-huh. a, he'd take a 22 foot fiberglass rod with a 130 pound nylon string on it and he would run it up to about he would tie it and tape it you know he'd start down about two foot he'd he'd go up to it and he'd stop about three foot from the tip of the pole and then you would only have about six inches of line coming off the end of the pole with a big old broken back creek chub or a creek you know uh top water bait like a big spook or a creek chub or something like that behind it. And he would sit there and bounce that long fiberglass pole to where the tip of the water would just basically, it would just tap the top of the water. And so right. if, you, if you can picture it, you've got the tip of the water, 
just pop, 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 pop on the top. And you got this little creek chub running right behind it. And it looks like that creek chub is chasing a little shiner. But you can sit there in them grass beds and you can just work it in and out and around and push it in and pull back out and keep it in the area for a very long time. And he told me, he said, now these fish will scare you to death. First of all, when they hit, he said, but we're not going to catch all of them that hit. He said, if you'll pay attention, a lot of them will hit with their mouth closed. It's like a mosquito flying in your face. If you sit there, if he flies in it long enough, you're going to swat at him. And that's what these Mm -hmm. fish are doing. We're just keeping that thing right over the top of them and it's aggravating them. And a lot of times they'll just hit it with their mouth shut. It's crazy. Oh yeah. uh, Exciting way to fish. Oh, definitely. I, I, you know, and I, I know, who you're talking about i've actually seen him do it and and it's it's awesome to watch and you know when i first thought it when i first thought of it i was like that's crazy and then i watched him do it and catch like three five pounders and i was like okay (laughs) that's not as crazy as i thought it's a (laughs) big fish it is a big fish catching the technique now it really is you don't catch any small ones like that very rarely it's a big fish tactic Usually you scare the small ones off. Yeah. And bigger fish that it's it's fun. It's fun to watch being yeah. done. I've never learned how to do it, you know, the way he could do it, but he's he's really good at it. We got two or three like on the Warrior River that are really good at doing it too. And and they catch a lot of big fish doing it. Yeah, yeah. Cause you just you keep it in the strike zone so long and just work it back and forth and in all those little pockets. And yeah, it's an exciting way to fish for it. That's good stuff, man. Well, before I let you get out of here, uh, you got to give us a tip, man. What's the tip of the day? With these fronts coming in, fish slower. It's going to be the biggest thing. Uh, when these weather fronts are coming in and back and forth, you know, one minute you can catch them on a crankbait and you go that the next day and it's a bluebird sky and you can't get them to buy the crankbait, then turn around and fish that exact same area fish it with a little three or four inch worm and drag it real slow and you'll get you'll catch the same fish you were catching on the crankbait the day before you just gotta you just gotta slow down and you know the fish will get that way especially with barometric pressure going up and down and up and down constantly you know if you'll slow down you'll you'll catch more fish that's that's probably my go-to tip 90 percent of the time all year long <laughs> uh, and, and that's a good one well this week's late gunnerful tip of the day is brought to you by sun south from outdoors equipment parts services accessories sun south has you covered on the best for less visit sun south or sunsouth.com for quality john deere equipment sun south for those that do captain chris man we appreciate it always love having you on here and just man just a great segment i mean the stuff that we talked about today isn't and stuff that you know we we thought would come up possibly but uh very informative and and man i appreciate you being on always love having you on if somebody wants to come book a trip with you and uh, learn how to catch these fish at gunnersville or smith lake you are a guy that can teach them how to do it and put them on fish what's the best way for them to get up with you chris um, you can reach me on my cell phone uh, you can call or text it's a uh, area code 205 706-2425 or if you want to you can go to my facebook page it's 
Captain Chris Jackson, professional angler. It's uh, it's kind of like a I hate to use the word fan page, but it's it's like a fan page. But you can send me a message there, or you can even find me as Chris Jackson on my regular regular Facebook page and send me a message there. Usually, I don't check my messages on that as often as as I probably should. But uh, the the cell phone is the best way to get me, and my phone number's on both those pages as well. Awesome stuff, man. Well, we appreciate you being on, brother. Good luck this weekend on Lay Lake. Hope that weather is uh, isn't as bad as they think it's going to be. So maybe yeah, maybe it'll got, still be good. I hope so. I got my fingers crossed. We're going to catch them regardless. I don't care if it's a tornado or not. Yeah, you, you're going to catch fish. All right, Captain Chris, appreciate you, man. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, bye. Great segment by Captain Chris. And, uh, man, I mean, catching the same fish three times within just a couple minutes – that's an opener for me. I don't know about you guys, but it's an opener for me to let me know that we're just caught. We'll bite again. I mean, if you're going down the bank behind somebody else, you know, 30 minutes behind them, 15 minutes behind them, that don't mean you're not going to catch them. So that's a very, very interesting segment. But uh, let's move on down to the Coosa, Tallapoosa, with my man Braxton Hopper. Braxton, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? I'm just trying to live the dream, man, just like you. I mean, you just, you just out there fishing every day. I, I can't be like that. I want to, but uh, uh, unfortunately, all these young as I got keep me from being able to do it all the time. And darn kids. <laughs> darn kids, man. Your daddy knows what I mean. He knows what I'm talking hey, about. Yeah, I bet he, he'll say the same thing. That's right. That's right. Well, man, where you been fishing lately? Let's talk about fishing. This past weekend, uh, there was a big high school state championship, big deal over at Jordan. That was Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, I went on over to Lay for the Silicaga and fished, fished that one. And I've just, there's been nothing going on during the week I've been to. Well, let's talk about Lay to start with. I know there's a big tournament coming up there on Lay this weekend uh right. call that we had captain chris jackson on our last call he, he's gonna be down there fishing i know they're expecting some bad weather but uh how do we do on lay i mean what are the fish doing how, how'd you catch them uh it was tough like for well for me it was pretty hard we just went shallow we just went pretty shallow in grass and whatnot and flipped them up and went big big weights big not big baits, but like just pitching them into mats, and they'll come up and eat it. And miss it? Well, you'd miss a bunch, but they were in there. Not very many big ones though. Just smaller fish. What kind of bait? Two were pounders. You yeah. What kind of bait were you were you throwing? Uh, just a creature beaver, uh, sweet beaver. And you just throwing them into the thick of the grass, basically. Right, right, right. Just punching it in the thick stuff I could find. Are you flipping that? Yes, sir. I'm flipping it. Big weight, thick, wired, five-odd hook. Yeah, love, love, love flipping. So, what do the fish seem to be doing there? Are there, are there, are they still bedding? Are they pretty much? Uh, are they finishing that up? What are we seeing? I I really have no idea. Like <laughs> I would assume, like there's some up there. That are like, you know, like that are, I'm sure I know for a fact there's some that are done. Like the spots, those spot you'll you'll catch a bunch of spots that are just long, raily, and skinny, and I you can just tell they're spawned out, they're done. But 
I'm a, I would want to think that some of the largemouth are still up there spawning, but I, I haven't seen any, unless they're just where I can't see them or I'm just not looking hard enough. I have no, I have absolutely no idea. But we, you, you know the fish are still shallow, though. I mean, it's just that time of the year, and whether it's going to be whether it's going to be really shallow or on that first drop-off, you know, where the water starts getting a little bit deeper and six, eight foot, you know, from there, right. they're probably going to be there. Uh, For sure. Did you try – were you flipping the majority of the day, or, or did you catch fish other ways as well? We started out – throwing for spot like it was cold that morning i was thinking you know spots they're gonna they, they'll they don't really care as much as the largemouth do in cold weather so i was thinking we'll go catch us 15 pound spots real quick and then go try to flip up a six pound largemouth when it gets warmer and uh that that didn't work out too good and then i just said the, it, the sun was up but the, some some places were pretty shaded off and i uh I told my buddy, I was like, let's just go to the grass. This is not, this ain't happening. Let's just go to the grass real quick and let's try to catch, let's just see what we can do. Just see if they, see if they're there. So we went up to the grass and like right off the bat, I, I catch, well, I didn't catch it. I had her come to the boat and she just come off and we caught a cup. We went down the bat bank, we caught a couple and then something blew up right behind me. And uh, I picked up a jerk bait actually, and I threw it out behind me. I popped it a couple times, popped it, and it just loaded up. And that I think that was that was a big spot. It was, and I want to say that one was kind of pre-spawn, honestly. And so I caught that one. That was our that was our bigger one. And then I told my other, I told my buddy, I was like, okay, I got, I know, I know what to do now. I, I thought I knew what to do, but I told him. Let's go. Let's go to this place right here. Let's just go flipping. Try to get us a big one real quick, and then some two, three, two, three, four pounders. And did a bunch of flipping in that area. Caught a bunch of fish, just you know, tiny, not real big. And that, that, that uh, that's that's about it, really. What what ended up winning a tournament there? Uh, some dude had twenty one and a half pounds, and he caught him an eight pounder. Wow. I know. It blew me away. That's a good fish. Pre-spawn, actually. I, I could tell. Wow. That's a good, that's a great fish. Well, what about Jordan? What did you guys there do there the day before? Jordan, well, Friday, we, uh, the same, pretty much the same stuff. We just went to the grass, like where we know how to fish and some, we go to, we've gone to creeks where we just had good success there this time of year and pretty much all the time anywhere. We start out, it's real slow. Some dude cut us off like 30 yards in front of us, but it is what it is. Can't have everything. But we go on down the bank, turn around. We catch, I think we catch like two or maybe three little ones, I want to say. And then there's this big stretch of grass that we've been saving for this turn. We practice and said, we're going to leave this alone. We're coming back here tomorrow. We're going to fish this. They pull up to it pretty early, I pitch around it, flip around it, flip around it, and I flip, I flip right on the edge, like right at the last little part that before we're like, all right, we got to go. And I pitch it in there, and I hop it up once, and I let it fall, and like two foot of slack just jumped into my line, and I, I thought, 
this is a bit, I knew it was a big one. I just thought it was like a seven or eight pounder. I, that's how they do. And I pick her up and she's down there fighting real hard, stuck up in the grass. It's a disaster. And finally she come rolling out. And that was about a four, hang on, I'm trying to think. I think it was like a 419, 420, 419 or something like that. Good thing. And uh, that was good. Oh, yeah, it was a, that was clutch right there. That that morning I was like, all right, it's about to go down. It's just, I mean, this is it. And, uh, gosh, dang, I'm trying to think. Uh, then I picked up a uh, swim jig, and we went down the river grass, and we just, we went to catching them. Me and my partner, Peyton Harris, we just went to catching Two pounder, two pounder, and then two and a half, two and three quarter, and then two pounder, two pounder, and then we cull up, cull up, cull up, and we go back to the same place where I caught that other big one, and uh, flip around that same area, same area, go down the whole stretch, not a bite, and in the exact same place, like the exact pitch that I caught that other big one in. I pitch right back in there, and another one just – my line completely jumped, like three foot of slack into it. And I rolled her out. It was another four-pounder, and that was about at 130, and we were doing, I think, two. And that, that, after that, that was it on the first day. we I think we had uh, 14, 1462, I'm pretty sure. And we were in third for the – entire thing and my buddies were leading it and uh so me and my me and my partner were like we're we're still in our heads we're like we're gonna win this this is this is ours we're gonna win so the next day we go out to the same place where we started friday and it it wasn't happening like two or three little ones again still and then we roll out to the other to the place where i caught those two big ones it wasn't happening. I guess I ran that one dry. Then we just said, we knew right then it was like, it, it was harder. It's gotten tougher. There was a, there was like, I think three other tournaments going out of that place. It was a bunch, it was a bunch of boats out. And I think that made it harder. And, uh, we went out to another stretch that's right around where, where we just came from. And my buddy catches one real quick. And he put that in the boat, get him in there. That's I think that was our fourth fish. Next cast, he fires out there. He catches another one, and it wasn't small, but that 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 gave us a limit real quick, which helps. I could tell it was tough, and I it would it would it helped a lot. So then we just said, screw this. We're staying here all day. We're gonna go. We're gonna hunt for 25 pounds, and that's exactly what we did. And I just, I told my buddy, I was like, you're catching on that swim jig. You get up here, you swim the edge of the grass. I'm going to flip the, I'm going to flip the thick stuff, try to get a, like a real, real big one. They're going down the bank, going down the bank, going down the bank. I catch a couple little ones that just weren't going to help us. And then something blew up right behind us. And my buddy, he takes that swim jig, fires it out there where that fish was. And you could see her, she came up and just blew up on it out in the middle of like nothing just no reason for it to be out there and 
he sets a hook into her. He goes, biggin, biggin, biggin. I'm like, I'm thinking, me and my dad are thinking, is it a big one, really? Are you sure? Said, Dude, <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. And it's dogging him. It's pulling him, pulling him, pulling him real hard. So I said, all right, all right, let me get the net. Let me get the net. I said, just play her. Just play her. And the fish, he did his – he. I don't know what else he could have done, but the fish comes up and jumps right at the boat, like at the – like right where the net couldn't get it. She jumps and she spits it. That was about a four – I want to say three and a quarter to four-pound spot, just out in the middle of nothing. That one right there, we needed that one bad. So then after that, we just said, all right, we're going to – we're gonna go to this other creek where we we've we've done pretty good in. We get in there and I'm pitching around, pitching around, pitching around, and there's this mat, this matted up thick grass, and it's the only thick grass on that entire bank. And I pitched my the first pitch I made into it, about four foot of slack knocked into my line again. And I set the hook and I'm sh- I can feel her down there sh- shaking her head. She's pulling gr- the whole mat shaking busting holes in the middle of the mat and uh i get it up to where i can't feel her head shake anymore i was thinking she's stuck get in there go grab her and i look down and there's this it's just a big black animal i wouldn't say animal it's just something really big and black <laughs> and i had a scar right at the top of it and i was thinking what is that and then it was just sitting there and i'm looking at it and i was like what is, what what is that right there is that like something we're going to hit if we go in there or something? And then I just I'm keep looking at it to where I, cause I couldn't feel nothing. I just kept looking at it. My, my partner's up there. He's on 100 going in the mat to go grab her. And then I slowly just watched that. I watched whatever that black thing was. It just slowly swam out of the mat. I was like, oh, my God. That was I don't her. know what it was. <laughs> I don't, dude. I couldn't see her too good, but she looked huge. Four and a half, five, maybe five and a half pounds. It was huge. But you and didn't. Right get down, so I was like, oh my God, no, we did not. So you lost it. two good fish. Oh, yeah. yeah. We lost yeah. two good ones. What'd y'all, come, what'd y'all end up finishing? We ended up in fourth. That ain't bad, though, man. Because I mean, that's like, how many boats were in that thing? Uh, It was over 60, close to 70, or over 60 or close to 70, somewhere around there. That's good, man. That's still, that. that's, that's still respectable. How did the uh, how did and this is the high school team uh, tournament, yes. right? Is a state yes. tournament? Yes, sir. It's good a state deal, tournament. man. Good deal. Who won it? What team? Uh, my buddy's uh, over at uh, he lives up in Sandrock, fishes Gunnersville and Weisselot. His name? Well, no, 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 no. I take that back. My buddy Hall Hobbs and Jack Alexander. Yep. I fish with them. I fish against them a lot, and I, Hall is actually who I fish with Sunday, and uh, they ended up winning it. Good deal. What what blew what, it out. what team do they fish for? Uh, Mountain Brook. Mountain Brook. Good stuff, man. Good. Yes. So it sounds like the swim, the swim jig, and uh, and uh, you know, along with the the swim bait, both were working pretty right. good. Is that is that what they were using as well, or did he end up telling you? I have no idea. He told me that he caught him early on top water. That's what he told me, and I, I didn't. I didn't. Know. We didn't see him the whole day. Yeah, he so, got that good top water bite early and got some big he, fish. He right. He just landed on him real quick. 
Good stuff, is, man. I mean, yeah. Well, it's, it's uh, you know, both of those lakes are great fisheries, a lot of grass in them. And, uh, you know, like you said, you catch a four, five, eight pounder in, in, in those lakes. I mean, they hold them. Uh, it's just a matter of being on them at the right time and, and getting them to the boat. I mean, you get those two four pounders to the boat, it's a whole different game. Right. We're uh, right there in it. You're right there in it. That's right. That's right. Well, that's good stuff, man. Um, where are you fishing next? Uh, I'm going back to Jordan, actually. Good for you, man. Got another this tournament coming Saturday. up there? Yes, sir. Well, good, man. Well, good luck to you on that. Well, before I let you get out of here, what's the tip of the day for the Coosa-Talapusa River system? What tip would you give people? Go fish shallow, fish grass, swim jig, flip, frog maybe. You could even throw a frog if you want to. But if it was me, I'd go swim a jig, flip, power fish, really, just power fish. Don't worry about that deep offshore whatnot. I would go power fish and go for big ones because they're up there. They're up there. It's just a matter of getting the right one to hit, but they're up there. That's for sure. Great tip. Right. Uh, this week's Coosa Talapusa <laughs> tip of the day is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. They do an incredible job around the state of Alabama and the Georgia, Tennessee. So if you're thinking about building a lake, if you're thinking about redoing an existing pond or lake that you have, restocking, fertilizing, liming, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and, and give Norman a call. These guys do it all and they do it well. It's what they do for a living. So they're really good at it well braxton man love having you on here we appreciate it buddy good luck on jordan this weekend and uh can't wait to to talk back with you again soon and, and get an update see how things are going yeah. man. so we appreciate you yes sir you take care all right bye good segment man always love having braxton on here and having these high school fishing guys um uh, and they they work hard and and they catch fish and and uh, love having these young men on here. So that's a lot of fun. So, man, let's go to segment three. Let's talk. We have not talked about stripe fishing in the last several weeks. And uh, we got some great stripe fishing in this state. And we got the guy on here that knows how to do it, Captain David Hare and Lake Martin. Captain David, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Glad to have you back on here. Sir, glad to be here. I know this is a, a, a good time of the year for the, you guys, and I uh, can't wait to hear what you've been doing. Yep, man. We have been wearing them out and catching some real pretty stripers this spring, including, uh, in fact, I sent you some pictures. Uh, we got one. What's, what's today? But anyway, three or four days ago, we got one uh, that weighed in a little over 44 pounds. Goodness. And, yes. And we've been getting a bunch of 20 to 30s and just and a lot of just good quality fish this year. 44, man, that is a beast. Oh, it looked like it had swallowed a basketball. <laughs> that guy was so tickled. Caught it on the smallest shed we had out really oh yeah yeah but uh this time of year that you you'll catch some good fish you know pulling planer boards and free lines pulling shad in the creeks and the rivers and just 
you know, a lot of your normal spots where you fish go to this time of year. Right. It, what did you say to start with about that board? Pulling what board? Planer boards. They ought to be called spreader boards, but the name of them are planer boards. All they do is spread your baits out as you're trolling uh, and and where you can put more lines out. And uh, uh, I personally call it poor man outriggers. It, they work just like an outrigger on a deep sea fishing boat. You know, they're just getting those baits way out away from the boat for you. Dang, man. That's a, how, how deep. How deep are the fish this time of year? We're catching fish right now in anywhere from at the deepest 20 feet all the way up to three foot of water. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's that time of year. They're, uh, you know, they're getting ready to spawn and do their thing. And so they're they're in the, in the river channel and in the creek channels, pretty much in uh, shallow water and should, should be like that. Uh, not every one of them, but most of them should be doing that kind of stuff until, you know, sometime toward the end of May. Now, when you say three foot of water, are you catching these fish suspended in three foot of water over deeper water, or are they literally in three foot of water? They're in three foot of water. I'm telling you, we're swing we're swinging boards in three to five foot of water, uh, sending those baits in some real shallow water. And if it's a big fish, you, you can uh, actually see them coming after the bait. You know, their fins will be, and part of their back will be up out of the water coming to get them. And they coming in there, they're coming in spawning. Yes, sir. That's right. Or getting ready to, you know. And, you know, even though the eggs don't develop here in Lake Martin, they still go through the spawn, you know, and, and uh, they're full of eggs. And the male, you know, he's fertilizing the eggs. I mean, the males, I mean, they just milk all over the boat right now. When you when you get them in the boat, I mean, it's uh, it's on fire right now, no doubt. Dang, that is cool. So they don't actually spawn out there. I mean, they go through the motion, they, obviously. Yeah, but they, yeah, they go they go through the motion. The eggs just don't develop. Now, this is what I've always told everybody, and I hope I'm telling them right. Uh, I've always been told that the reason they don't spawn like in Lake Martin is because we don't have enough continuous current. Uh, my understanding is these eggs have to have a lot of swift current for like 72 hours, you know, to, uh, to develop. And with a dam above us and a dam below us, you know, you're depending on generation time and they don't generate water 24 hours a day, you know. So that's what I've always been told the reason the eggs don't develop. And that's why they have to stock this lake. I was going to say, so everything there that you catch is a stock fish. Correct. And How uh, much do they and- stock a year? Anywhere from one hundred and twenty thousand to five hundred thousand a year. Good gracious! And, and I've I've been told that that there's a sixty five percent survival rate. So that's a lot of fish that survive in this lake. That's a lot of fish. But, Plus those fish, yeah. those fish live a long time. I mean, those fish yeah, get old. Yeah, yeah. the saltwater stripe. Uh, I've been told have a thirty year life expectancy. Now, the yeah. hybrids that they used to put in here years ago, 
they did, you know, they lived less than 10 years, you know, somewhere between six, seven, eight years. But the saltwater strike, they, they live up to 30 years. So if you're stocking that much every year with a 60% survival rate, I mean, there's a lot of fish in there. There is a lot of, there's a lot of stripers in, uh, in this lake. And when people tell you, you know, whether it's this lake or other, you know, typical striper lakes, when they say, oh, we've had a striper kill. Well, let me tell you something. If you had a serious striper kill in most of these lakes, you could drive a car across the lake like a bridge i mean because these lakes especially lake martin is absolutely full of stripers that's awesome man that's good well so when you're catching these fish this time of year you know obviously you know these large mouth fishermen and and crappie fishermen either way i mean that you know you're going down to bite you you're sight fishing you're flipping you know you're throwing a creature bait that's not how you're catching these fish no no, no, don't get me wrong. We will see, this time of year, we will see some striper activity on top of the water. And if we're lucky enough, we might be close enough to one to where you could cast a, you know, a czar spook or a red fin or something at them. But most of the time in my situation, I'm not worried about seeing a fish on top. I'm not worried about seeing a fish on my on my electronics i know where the fish are supposed to be this time of year based on water temp the weather we're having so on and so on and i'm fishing areas that again i'm not worried about seeing them on my electronics because 99 percent of the time i'm in such shallow water i'm not going to see them and i don't use side imaging i'm fishing out there and putting baits out there where the fish are supposed to Right. And y'all are, is most of that, uh, is, is most of that casting and reeling or are you trolling most of the time? No, sir. I'm using my trolling motor and not putting any weights on any of my lines and I'm pulling live bait. You know, they, they can swim wherever they want to, but most of them are going to stay in the, you know, the top five to six foot of water depends on what kind of depth you're in. And, you know, and when I swing those baits out there in three and four foot of water, you know, the baits are actually just right on top of the water and just flickering, coming across the top like an injured bait. Yeah, that's got to be exciting, man. Exciting way to fish it right is. there. It, it is. It's very, very exciting. If, if, if you've never done that type of fishing for stripers, I mean, it's, for a fisherman, it's, it's a must do. I mean, because you'll get hooked and get hooked quick when you see them explode on them. Now, how many of y'all catch? I mean, obviously, you catching some monsters, but yes, sir. I, I mean, like, what's the expectation? What's the average day that you're going? I mean, as far uh, as numbers in the spring this time of year, anywhere from six. If you're real lucky, you might get. 15 per boat on a on a six-hour trip but you're out of just say if you catch 15 fish you're gonna have three or four of those that are gonna be 15 plus pounds you know and, and besides yesterday and today we haven't won a day that we had a 
that we didn't have a fish that went at least 20 pounds or better. Dang. And y'all caught that, y'all caught that 44 pounder in shallow water like that? Oh, oh yes, sir. Yep. I think I was, and I think that fish came out of about nine feet of water. Good, Grace. And, and fishing with the blue hair, the blue, the herring? No, sir. Fishing with shad. With yeah, shad. Yes, sir. Uh, in the, in the shallower water, they prefer, I'm just telling you my experience, okay? My experience is the shad work better in the shallower water. And and then when you're fishing for deep water fish, like further on down the lake, certain time of the year, then they, they switch over and prefer those herrings. But this, this time of year, uh, they... You know, the ones that get in the creeks and the river channel and all that, they prefer the shad. Interesting. Oh, that's, that's very interesting. Who knows why, but that's just what they prefer. People say, well, why? I said, I don't know why. All I can tell you <laughs> by experience. I, and I don't, try, I don't try to blow smoke up anybody. I tell them right quick. I said, look, I can tell you from my experience, but I can't explain to you why on everything that why it happens, why it works and all this, but I can tell you what works and what don't work. It just works <laughs> or it just don't yeah. one of the two. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That is great, man. <laughs> that is good stuff. Well, man, it sounds like now is a great time of, of year to be up there. What kind of reports are you getting from everybody on all different lakes? Everybody that having good year? Yeah, everybody, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a challenging year in a lot of ways. It, it sounds like, you know, we've had, we always have crazy weather in the spring, but it seems like it's almost been a little bit more. I mean, you know, it'll be in the high seventies or eighties for a few days, and then it'll be back in the sixties. And then you got storms coming through and wind and, you know, but people are catching fish. I mean, it, I haven't heard quite as much. It doesn't seem like about a big fish bite this year uh, on Gunnersville and places that you kind of expect that to come from. Uh, the numbers are there. Uh, they're catching a lot of fish, but but it doesn't seem like the, the, the big fish bite has been as, as good as it's been in past springs. But but people are catching fish. Smith Lake's on fire. It's doing great. Eufaula was doing great earlier in the year. Yeah, it's Pickwick has been, I mean, I, I know a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like there were several weeks in a row there that Pickwick was, was, a, was the hottest, was the hot spot. And just yeah. People were killing the fish up there as far as largemouth, you know. Um, right, right. But it's been, it's been a, a challenging year with water levels and and you know with amounts you know big hard rains that we've had and sudden jumps and but hey i mean you know it's part of living in in alabama and and we've got some great lakes but they you know the weather can make it challenging sometimes but all in all i think it's been a pretty good year pretty good spring so far you know one of the things i was thinking about uh with you a while ago uh, when we first started talking is you know these these bass fishermen one of the challenges that they're facing right now is that there's more fishermen than there's ever been there's more boats on the water there's more tournaments i think uh, a couple weeks ago on gunnersville 
they had three tournaments going on at the same time that added up to 1,400 boats fishing oh my tournament in the same day, on the same day, same weekend. That creates challenges for sure. And that's one of the things with fishing for these stripes. I mean, do you see a lot of people doing it? I mean, have you noticed a big increase in the numbers of people or are you pretty much – I mean, I'm not going to say got it to yourself, but uh, now, the competition ain't I, quite as stiff, is it? Nothing compared to bass competition. You don't have the pressure on these fish like the bass fishermen do. Uh, am I seeing more people fish for stripes? I am. Am I seeing more people that, and, and I don't mean this the way it sounds, but that are doing it the right way and being able to put a lot of pressure on the stripers. I I don't think there's that many that are approaching them the right way. So maybe, maybe if that's the case, maybe we're not getting as much pressure, uh, you know, as, as you would if everybody was real educated on how to catch these stripers. But, Everybody knows where the, I guess, the most fished areas are for different fish. And, yeah. and, and I have noticed in the last, I'm going to say in the last 18 months, some of the, some of the areas on our lake that's always just been a go-to place. I mean, you could just count on fish. I mean, you could count on catching them there, you know, year round. I've, I've noticed that those, the, and, and I'm, I'm going to say there's probably four places like that that seems like everybody knows and they're hammering those real hard. So, yes, the pressure has gotten on those places and have, have scattered the fish. There's a couple of real good places that we've always, I'm talking about always, caught striper at that very, very, very seldom you'll catch a striper at anymore. And I... I blame it on the pressure. I assume that's what it is. But then I have to sit back and think about, you know, these bass fishermen. I mean, my gosh, at the pressure that they face, because we don't face that kind of pressure. And they do. I mean, I feel for them. I know they got pressure. Uh, yeah, I know they that, do. But I know, yeah, I know that by just living here on the lake. I mean, it, let's just say if... If I happen not to be booked on a weekend, which that never happens, but I might be rained out, but they might not stop a tournament, you know, from the rain, but my clients might not want to fish in the rain. So I, I'm sitting out here on the deck and I, and a bass boat will pull up and fish my dock. And I mean, he's not even out of sight before there's another one fishing and another one out there waiting on that boat to leave to come by and fish it. I mean, so I, I mean, I see that on yeah, a regular you, basis. You know, in fact, on two of two of our segments before before you today, both those callers were talking about how you know people they'll be fishing down a grass bed and and somebody will zip in there literally and cut them off twenty five feet, twenty five yards in front of them. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was really amazing in, in in our first segment today talking about sight fishing up in Gunnersville. And, and catching these bedding bass and, and he had clients with him 
caught a four pounder on the bed. He said, I threw the four pounder back and watched her swim right back to the bed. We just caught her on. And the other guy in the boat was like, man, I'd love to catch me a four pounder. He said, well, get up there and flip it and flip it in there. And, and uh-huh. caught the same fish right behind it. And then t- five minutes later, caught it again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the same fish. And then he was talking the about, yeah. And he, he was saying that he was fishing a tournament. The the guy was uh, in the front of the, he caught a fish in a brush top, hung a fish, a good fish, uh, and broke off, it wrapped up in, and, oh. and broke him off. And uh, a couple minutes later, his buddy threw in there catches a four pounder gets him to the boat and says hey man you want your jig back it's here it's still in his mouth oh and, my goodness uh, so you know that was very interesting to hear in those segments that these fish do get heavily pressured but uh-huh. you know you can come down a bank right behind somebody you know 15 minutes later and you know a lot of it's catch and release anyway them for the majority right. these, these guys aren't keeping everything they're catching but you can potentially come right behind somebody and catch fish just like they did it it was really eye-opening but it's a lot of pressure out there right now which is a good thing people are getting out they're enjoying our lakes enjoying being outside and 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 that's what it's all about and uh you know we we've got enough lakes and water in, in this state to you know, people can find some water to fish that hasn't that where they're not on top of people most of the time and, and still catch fish, right. even if they're right, even if yeah. they're coming down to bank that somebody was on right before them. Well, give you a, uh, just a little highlight for bass fishermen. And I'm not a bass fisherman. I don't know nothing about it. Don't, don't pretend to know about it, but one of our guides actually was out scouting for us the other day. Uh, his his trip uh had to reschedule so i said well won't you go out and you just go out and scout for us today for some stripers and you know and the rest of us will run our trips and so he did and and he was striper fishing and he sent us a picture of a nine pound largemouth on lake martin now that that's a big fish for lake martin that is a giant fish for lake martin yeah called it called it striper fishing on a shad they took a picture of it and released it and uh i i'm that's one of the biggest fish i've seen in a long biggest bass i've seen in a long time on lake martin well i've definitely had some of the callers the bass callers from lake martin have said that since they introduced the blue herring into lake martin that they're starting to see bigger and bigger and bigger bags the fishing's getting yeah. better. The fish are getting bigger. They are. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, I see that just from all the bass that we catch in the winter, not even trying to catch them. You know, they're just mixed in there with those stripers. And there's, a, I mean, the the size of the bass that's mixed in with those stripers in the wintertime are a lot bigger than they used to be. I mean, a lot. That's amazing. That's good to hear, man. Well, that's, uh, it sounds like it's an exciting time to be up there for sure on Lake Martin with you. And, and, uh, I know you stay pretty booked up, but if somebody wants to get up with you, what's the, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and book a trip? Best way to get me is by text. And if you don't, if you don't text, you, you know, you can always call, but, uh, uh, just that number is two, five, six. 
four zero one three zero eight nine. And if you didn't have time to write it down, uh, you know, just pull me up on Facebook uh, or on Google LA City Guys Service Lake Martin. Good stuff, man. Well, I'm gonna post uh, post a picture you sent me on our on our social media channel and on our show notes. And uh, man, people look at that; it ought to get them excited because that's a that's a monster, monster stripes. And uh, man, that's a, it's it's something that we have here that we don't all take advantage of and we should because it's a fun it's a fun thing to do and uh closest thing to catching a deep sea quality size deep ocean fish as you can get and uh so y'all book a trip that's right y'all book a trip with captain david he'll uh he'll teach you how to do something you hadn't done before and and you'll have a lot of fun well before i let you get out of here give us a tip of the day uh for lake martin uh striped bass fishing my predictions uh for the stripers i, I think you're going to be able to catch these stripers uh in the creeks and then the river channel uh probably until the end of may uh, of course you can catch them other places but i would concentrate in those areas till the end of may and I, as i've been saying all year long i think our biggest fish are going to be caught in may i don't think it's going to be april this year even though we've boated a one a little over 44 pounds the last few days i think our biggest fish are going to be caught in may this year good stuff man well we appreciate it that's a great tip and this week's lake martin tip of the day is brought to you by bucks island marine bucks island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948 they have new pontoon boats bass boats bow riders and aluminum boats for sale they love trade-ins for boats and motors they can rig your boat or ship your new motor anywhere in the united states they provide boat services on all kind of boats even if they weren't purchased from bucks they have factory trained and certified technicians visit them at 4500 highway 77 south side alabama 35907 or give them a call at 256-442-2588 well captain david man i appreciate it love having you on here and seeing those pictures of those big stripes and listening to your stories so uh man keep catching them out there we look forward to having you get on very soon brother Yes, sir. Y'all have a good week and uh, call me anytime and everybody take care and stay safe out there. You do the same, man. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Awesome stuff, guys. Great segment. Y'all uh, y'all book Captain David. Give him a call. Uh, like I said a second ago, man, I mean, 44 pounds? Come on. In fresh water in Alabama? That's strong right there, brother. And, uh, it, I need to go do that myself with him. I, I, I can't even imagine catching something like that, uh, in, in a lake, but Hey, they're there. And well, I say, I can't imagine that. I mean, we, uh, we're a couple of weeks away from, from noodling season. That water's going to be warm enough for me to jump in there. And, uh, we're going to be catching some of them big catfish coming up very soon. So we'll post some of those pictures as well. And that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. So please subscribe, rate, drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. And don't forget, if you'd like us to email you to pass the, the podcast, we'll do it every week. All you have to do is text the word fishing to 646 495 
just text the word fishing to that and guess what every single week we'll send you the show we'll email it to you you won't never miss it so we appreciate everybody listening stay safe out there we'll talk to you soon this week's alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by great days outdoors magazine become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save a bundle online at greatdaysoutdoors.com and brought to you by southeastern pond management if you're fortunate enough to own a lake or a pond then i know you want to get the most out of it as possible we all want to manage and grow big deer on our place so why not grow the biggest most healthy fish possible as well give norman a call at southeastern pond management at 205-288-1371 or just look them up southeasternpondmanagement.com and these guys know how to grow big and brought to you by sun south from outdoor equipment parts services accessories sun south has you covered on the best for less visit sun south or sunsouth.com for quality john deere equipment sun south for those that do and brought to you by Bucks Island is a family-owned and operated business since 1948. At BucksIslands.com, you can check out the full list of inventory from new and used bass, pontoon, bow rider style boats, new and used motors, as well as kayaks for sale. Give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344.